Welcome to Africa on Focus, where we share our success stories. Africa, the continent, the young diaspora, entrepreneurs, influencers, change makers, and so much more. I'm Miss Abba, and this is Africa on Focus, the podcast. We're keeping our fingers crossed that the connection is going to uh, sustain us. Um, here is a woman entrepreneur that I personally know. I'm her proud cousin. Uh, she's an entrepreneur with a passion for nourishing the mind and body. And on her return to Ghana from living in the U.S., she was dismayed to find out how difficult it was to find yummy, healthy snacks to buy for her little cousins. And she decided to do something about this herself, just simply following through with her idea, introducing dried fruit to the major audience in Ghana. And if you haven't grabbed yourself a pack of Evaya Farms, dried fruit in any store of Ghana, then you have missed yourself a treat. Uh, Yvette Tete, who is the chief executive officer of Pure and Just Co. Limited. Um, I know we can't come up with the applause, but, you know, if you uh, have any drum rolls or say uh, welcome from your comment, just feel free uh, to say uh, welcome, welcome, Yvette. Uh, and let's uh, let's get her on uh, on top. Hello, Yvette. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Good, good to have you. Good to have you here. It seems like from your place, it's like bright and warm, isn't it? Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm gonna try my best to keep up with the conversation, but the network's been terrible recently. No, no problem with that. I think it's uh, it's an is it an MTN thing? Like. MTN, Vodafone, broadband, 4G, 3G, your mama's G, like nothing is working. I don't know. I just, there's no explanation for it. <laughs> I understand. I understand. We'll, we'll cope with this and see where uh, there's this death chain. We'll, we'll see where the ship will, will land us to. Let's just, uh, <laughs> let's just do that. Um, how, how are you doing? How is quarantine uh, treating you at the, at the moment? So we are pretty much 100% out of quarantine, out of lockdown. And I mean, if you go out on the street, there's a ton of traffic. People are basically back to normal for better and worse. Yeah. And um, for business, that's been actually quite good because I'm starting to see sales pick up. Um, much yeah. more interest pick up than in the last literally three or four months. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. So you could definitely, uh, what I understand is there is movement uh, going and you could pretty much see that catch up on, on, uh, on the products and the sales and things. I think there's a small delay, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll manage, yeah, exactly. we'll manage it. And how has been your Sunday? Where are you at this place, this space? In we're always keen to know that. Yeah. So I think the question was, how's my Sunday been? Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, I've, <laughs> in the last month, started doing this um, silent Sunday thing. So I usually actually don't use my phone or my laptop at all on a Sunday. So this is special for my cousin. Um, and that was just so that, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's really easy to never have a break. And yeah. for me, this was like me taking control and building in a break. I think that's really a good idea and something that, you know, we could we could all learn from if you if you ask me uh, to just have throughout all of the work and the hecticness of life, you know, just one day where you have everything off as in terms of everything mm -hmm. digital and that connects you with over there. 
And what is it that you do? Exactly, exactly. Could you repeat that? What is it that so you do, uh, do on, on such a Sunday? Yeah. What, what I do on a Sunday instead of working all the time? Yeah. <laughs> yes, okay. Um, well, today I just uh, rested. It's, it's really this novel concept um, of just resting. Um, but no, usually I'll also do like some swimming or some sports. But the main thing is just to take it really easy. I think that's really good. I think uh, for every entrepreneur, it's a good way to uh, to get to get back and recharge, to really get back to your main focus. Uh, I really feel that that's uh, that's yeah. really important. Um, so let's let's get more into getting to know you uh, as a as an entrepreneur. Uh, could you tell us a bit about who is Yvette Tete? Uh, who is the lady, the brain behind you know what we know as uh, Ivaya Farms? Such a um, a, a good, sustainable social uh, uh, um, business that is doing so many things. Uh, who is the lady behind all of that? Um, so more about myself or more about the business? About you. Okay, about me. Um, yeah, well, it's been a long time since I've actually spoken about myself in the business. It's like I said, as an entrepreneur, it's so easy for the business to just get ahead of you all the time and kind of like lose yourself in it. Um, but yeah, I think for me, I'm just someone who's like really interested in being a positive part of community and making sure that I am creating value in the world. And ideally, that's not uh, like extractive. It's not just about money. It's about caring for people um, in the ways that maybe only I can do. And so that for me was, it was really interested to go into business, but then also business that's related to agriculture. Because I was tempted for a while to maybe go into some kind of development work, um, or more directly into the arts, but I found business to allow me to do many of the things that interest me in other industries in this one kind of work. And could you share with us when, at, at which particular point did this happen uh, for you? Can you describe as a whole, and you could talk as lengthy as possible since the connection is being on its own, uh, where did this journey start, you know, of navigating and selecting what you are really doing now? I like the story. Yeah. Okay, got it. Um, so it's, it's funny because everything has fallen into place. But I can't say that I had a specific plan. Mm -hmm. um, I just kind of had a vision for, again, the kind of life I would like to lead and what I would want my work to do. And from that, something has come together. So a few years ago, I decided to come to Ghana because I didn't grow up here. Um, and I was actually planning to spend six months only and then go back to the UK. And I actually, um, I wanted to come and test and see how it would be like to live here, um, you know, what work I could do. And I started working with an agricultural um, NGO 
And um, from that work, I was like, okay, yeah, I see. I, I, I feel like it's possible. <laughs> of course, it's possible to work here. And uh, I just sort of on a whim was like, okay, well, while I'm figuring things out, I know how to drive fruit. It seems pretty straightforward. And it doesn't seem like anybody else is doing it here. And uh, yeah, so that's how it started. Like, it seems so simple, still doing that same thing, but learning lessons as I go and just building on the vision. Yeah. And um, could you share with us, because we know you from uh, Evaya Farms, which is a dried fruit, you know, uh, this is this wonderful pack of dried fruit which people can find at Vidai Cafe, the koalas, you know, it's, it's, it's almost everywhere to be purchased in, in Ghana. Why and how did you embark on the journey of dried fruit? Um, yeah, it just, partly it was, you know, just something that I had done when I was an apprentice on a farm. Mm -hmm. and it just seemed really sort of it seemed easy and accessible but also I realized that in Ghana we don't do much with fruit we eat it fresh and that's about it and a lot of it gets exported fresh or you know some is dried or something else but generally we're not doing that much and I just thought this is really untapped potential and so I thought, okay, well, it's something that I know and something that I think has really huge potential. Yeah. So you already had the, the, the skills of, let's say, processing fresh fruit into dried fruit. I was like, all right, I'm going to use this skill to start this business. Yeah, which, how, how which do you require the skill? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so because it would have been different if you didn't have the skill, um, which happens with, uh, I think, with entrepreneurs as well. It's like they have an idea, but they're not possessing the skill to actually carry it out. They have to, like, you know, bring forth a team or to look for the people uh, who do have the skills. And that kind of like takes uh, makes the journey maybe a bit more complicated and a bit more longer. Uh, meanwhile, in your case, it was like, I already know how to do this. I just have to kind of like start doing it and the rest will, you know, kind of like fall um, into place and it will be bigger. And that's what happened in your case. Am I correct? Well, I think something that's been really interesting and important to learn as I've been in business is that it seems so opaque and complicated from the outside. And there are mm. things about business that are complicated, but a lot of it is pretty straightforward actually. And you know, when you see a finished product on the shelf, it seems so intimidating. You're like, how did this come to be? And it's generally just, a set of very straightforward steps that you have to follow. And until you take the first step, you don't know any of the others, but actually it's just about taking that first step. So for example, with dried fruit, the actual processing is 
is exactly what you think it is. It's taking fruit, peel it, slice it, put it in a dryer, take it out, put it in a package. Like that's really it. There's no miracle behind it. Um, <laughs> the thing that's difficult is making it a sustainable growing business. And on that, making sustainable growth, do you have? Did you have someone advising you on that um, particular um, uh, matter, or is this something you also already knew how to kind of like, you know, you have the idea that hey, if I do it in this manner, it will ensure that the business is going to grow, or was it like I'm good at this, I need someone who is business minded and who knows to you know keep these things uh, kind of like in place or create this structure around it to ensure that um, we're not making any losses and we actually, um, you know, going on a, on a, uh, it's a linear growth with it. Um, how did that, what was the uh, yeah conversation or decisions uh, made on that? Mm -hmm. So the number one piece of advice I give to anyone interested in starting a business, particularly a young person, is find advisors, mentors, partners, friends as soon as possible and listen to them. <laughs> That's like the number one piece of advice um, because they have so much information that you're just not going to have. And I know personally, I'm not the kind of person who, I don't really take in a lot of information by doing research online, even though we all should do research online. Um, I really learn from my peers and from those who have more experience. And so that has been just absolutely essential to the growth of my business. So specifically, we've had two advisors from another agribusiness who are kind of like four or five years ahead of us in business. Mm -hmm. And so they were close enough that they could still really relate to what we were doing as a business, but far enough ahead that they could share everything from their advice to templates we could use. Um, and it just made it so much easier to avoid very common mistakes that would really set you back. And then uh, the second thing is like, I have a really great business partner and he's same age as me, same level of experience, but at least we're both really dedicated. And I think that's the second thing, like really have a team around you that is committed because it's really not glamorous work and it's not even that fun a lot of the time. It's work, <laughs> you know, so... You need to make sure that people. Um, yeah, sorry, Yvette, could you share with us what Evaya Farms is is about? Because we see it this, we see we might see you know one one of the products uh, uh, lines. We see the fried mangoes when we go to Vidai Cafe, but I love the whole story behind Evaya Farms because it's so much more than just dried food. Could you share with us a bit about that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're basically this young, dynamic, woman-powered team that is trying its best to play a part in like, the development of Ghana through agriculture. 
And that sounds like really big, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but it's also true. It's what we're trying to do in our small way, um, hopefully slow and steady and growing. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we basically work with a bunch of young people from the area where our facility is and source fruit from the central and eastern region to produce this really great tropical dried fruit snack. And one of the things that I always love talking about, but you can't necessarily tell from the package, is that we're actually really a client-friendly business. Um, one of the ways we're specifically climate-friendly is that we have waste production. So when you're making dried fruit, you're peeling and you're de-seeding the fruit, which means that you have seeds and peels as waste. We're actually now using those seeds and peels in a system to create biogas, which we then use to burn for heat to power the dehydrator. And it also creates fertilizer. So we're basically, we don't have any waste and we're also generating our energy now, which is really cool for me. And it just means that like, not only are we having this opportunity to create jobs for people and also support farmers, um, create work, create money for farmers, we're also able to have an impact on the environment. So it's really the perfect business. Um, it's just hard sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> love that. I absolutely love that. So coming from you as, a, you know, an entrepreneur or an agripreneur, as I would say it, um, how are the opportunities in agriculture from your perspective? Um, is it growing? Is it interesting for young people to, to go on? Is it hard? What are some of the, how would you describe it? Um, I think there is still so much untapped potential here in Ghana in agriculture and agribusiness specifically, like value added uh, business. Uh, and one of the really compelling points about doing work in Ghana is that there isn't as much, there aren't as many barriers to entry or as I find in the countries. So, you know, you, you try and start a dried fruit business in Europe and maybe you're competing with 10, 15, 20 other brands. Um, whereas in Ghana, you'd be competing with three. Um, that said, of course, the market is smaller and there are fewer, there are fewer opportunities maybe to sell, fewer supermarkets. It's harder to get our products overseas as a high cost. So, you know, once you get started, there are those challenges and those hurdles, but mm -hmm. there are opportunities. Mm -hmm. So it's just sort of, you know, some of it is hard work of course of being tenacious and thinking it but then some of it also is fortune luck positioning how much money are you able to start with how quickly are you able to access good advisory services um you know are there grants available to you to do the work mm -hmm. i love that and um so looking at when you when you started you know in terms of resources time and everything you mentioned also that, you know, the idea was to be uh, in Ghana for six months um, and uh, and work, explore. Um, what did it take for you to really start things 
And at which point did you realize your six month ter term was going to be, you know, up until now? <laughs> sure. So I started with um, maybe a couple hundred dollars in my savings. And uh, I literally, I bought a, a tabletop dehydrator, which actually I had to buy from the US. And then how did I get it here? I think I asked somebody's father who was traveling to Ghana <laughs> to bring it as their piece of hand luggage, you know, the usual suitcase import and export. Um, oh, that's hilarious. And then, oh. you know, the typical story, yeah. I just um I started in my my mom's kitchen just trying things out um it was funny because for a while just, I'm bringing in like you know a hundred kilograms of bananas in the back <laughs> of my car and then processing until 1 a.m in the morning you know the wow. the good and the bad days um and that was that was it and just trying to find packaging a lot of driving around and moving around like I said, it was like very unglamorous at the beginning, um, but just kind of the prototyping and trying to make it work, basically. But I just had a lot of conviction that there's no reason this shouldn't work, which is what I still feel. I still feel like there's no reason this should not work. It's not, I'm not reinventing the wheel. We have access to the fruit, to the labor, to the talent. It should work. And so I'm just really like, we have to figure out how to make it work. Um, and yeah, and, and then the other piece of advice that I give to people who are like, okay, how do I start? Where do I start? Is I say, just, just make a start, just try something. I registered the business before I had anything. I was just like, I'm gonna do it. I just, when I went and I registered a business and then I sort of got working. But once I registered the business, I felt much more legit. And like, okay, now I have to live up to this. And um, then I also was very quick to realize um, I have to have a second income to support me while I am building the business. And so that's how into teaching yoga, which was something I was already doing for myself anyway. Yeah. Um, Sorry, you teaching yoga in Ghana? Yes, yes, I do teach yoga. And it's it's interesting because during lockdown, uh, one of my colleagues and I, uh, we had to transition to doing everything online, which the three weeks was really exciting. And I was like, oh, so it's good. I've been meaning to make more online content anyway. And then after about a month, you're just exhausted. As we've seen today already, just relying on technology is just an exhausting thing. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't have, um, yeah, you don't have the return on energy as when you're there in person. So we actually took a break over, over the month of June and we're gonna be starting to teach in person again from next month with all the protocols in place. I love that. Okay. I love that. It's, it's a true, true, you, I, I love how you share the stories of true entrepreneurship, 
starting small and really making it grow, being convinced of what you have to offer, uh, realizing that, hey, you know, I need uh, some extra money to sustain myself. So, you know, taking on uh, being a yoga uh, teacher, I really love how you simply uh, share the true entrepreneurial story. I truly love that. Um, could, could you share with us a bit about the Ghana market? Dried fruit in Ghana market, how, how was that? Was it, uh, were people receptive of it? Were they like, oh, dried fruit, this is totally new. Um, how was that in, 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 in general? What were your experiences with that? I will never forget, at least at about two or three markets when we were first introducing the product, um, people didn't even want to taste it. And wow. I just was so shocked. I was like, it, it's literally the same thing minus water. <laughs> literally, all we did was evaporate the water. Yeah. And uh, yeah, people were just like, what is this? But yeah, and, and so that was really tough and kind of disheartening at the beginning. Yeah. But I, I do think that interest has really increased over time. And in general, there is an increasing consciousness around healthy eating, healthy living, yeah. um, making smart choices for your body. And so that's definitely helped as well. And also, I think that finally, people do actually want to support Made in Ghana, um, especially when they see who is behind the product. I love does that. Does that kind of like put a bit of, um, well, not necessarily pressure, um, but you understanding that the, the faces behind um, a brand is also, you know, uh, ha uh, matters a lot. Does that kind of like put you in a, oh, I have to be, you know, this in this way or that in that way, or, you know, kind of like, you have to adjust to, 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 to this type of attention? Yeah, you know, actually that, that's an interesting thing to think about because it is a real thing. It is something I think about. I generally am who I am. I don't think the people who know me would ever say I hold back on being myself. <laughs> you can't really see it, but I have like all these tattoos like around my neck and on my um, chest and on my back. And I remember for about five minutes being like, oh my goodness, I'm never going to be hired again. And just being like, well, that's who I am. So it's happening. Um, I, I think, I don't know. I just am so, it just seems so normal to me to just be who you are and then make a work. I mean, I definitely have um, aunties and uncles and people on the street tell me like, oh, people can't take you seriously if you have <laughs> piercings or tattoos or whatever. Right. But honestly, in my experience, it just means people have remembered me and um, are maybe even nicer to me than maybe they would have been. They, it's, yeah, I, honestly, I think it's been for better than worse. Not to say that's the case for everyone. I do think that there are some people for whom it would be limiting. Um, so, you know, it's a combination of who are, but recognizing 
your environment as well. But I, I think the times where I've had the most issues have less been about tattoos or piercings and more just being a young woman with opinions. I, I tend to have strongly worded conversations with older men and I, it's not about the tattoos. It's about the fact that I'm a young woman who doesn't do what they say just because they said it. Right. I love that. I love, I love how um, rather than, you know, people's expectancy of uh, looking at you funny because of maybe uh, the fact that you look other than the traditional way, it's rather um, how you are spoken to as a female entrepreneur. Uh, that's a really, really interesting perspective. Mm -hmm. um, do, did, did you, uh, while well, you shared, you know, you did experience uh, some strong conversations um, what are some of the the other things that you've you've experienced as a female entrepreneur? Could you could you name some examples off the top? Yes. So most of the time, I'm so focused on just getting my job done that I I think I enter into a space function that. I'm going to be engaging as a peer. But there definitely are times where I'm much more aware of myself as a woman and would prefer that there were just more consciousness about making people feel comfortable. So for example, even though I'm the chief executive officer, I still do a lot of the big deliveries of my so I'm there going to the stores and moving like 20 boxes um, to deliver them to a store. And often those spaces, I remember once I was the only woman amongst maybe like 20 men. And it wasn't that I felt threatened. I didn't feel really comfortable. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, you know, these, there's all these little ways in which gender comes into play. Um, and again, not in a way that's necessarily prohibiting you from doing things, but it does affect your emotional experience of things. Yeah. And would you, would you say that agricultural sector is um, more male-dominated could, could you give us like a bit of a preview uh, about that environment? Um, is, is the agribusiness sector uh, more male or female dominated? Or is that yeah. the question? Yeah. Okay, I think that was a yes. <laughs> yes, yes, that was the question. <laughs> um, it's... Okay, awesome. Um, it's hard to say. I think in the established companies, these that have been around more than like five to 10 years. In my experience, it does seem like they're mostly male-nated or male-owned and run. Yeah. Um, but when I think about my peers who are running businesses that are new, so four years and younger, actually most of them are women run. I see. That's a really interesting, uh, interesting take on. And then uh, in agriculture, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah go sorry, ahead. I was just going to say in agriculture, 
women also are often at least 50% of the people doing the actual work on the ground. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the way land ownership works, they don't always own land. So there again, there's an interesting, maybe not so positive um, way in which gender plays into agriculture. Mm. Right, right. Um, one, one thing that, uh, you know, we're almost getting into uh, the last couple of minutes, for those of you who uh, just tuned in, shout out to Eben, uh, by the way, who's, uh, who says, more female uh, are, are getting involved now in agriculture. That is uh, his observation. He is one, I know he's also into uh, agriculture in Ghana, uh, respectively. And uh, I love how he's also observing that, which you, uh, which you said. Uh, in the meantime, if you have uh, questions for uh, Yvette, make sure that you uh, share them in the comment box, both, both to our YouTube listeners and on Facebook. Um, I just want to know, uh, Yvette, because you're one thing that I really find uh, is good is that you're, you're the distribution of your, of, of your products. Now, uh, we're thinking of, you know, the, the coffee shops, the, the stores, the supermarkets, it's available now. How, how did you as an entrepreneur, uh, get your products there and what did it take for, uh, these type of retail uh, stores to come along? with the Isaiah uh, uh, Farms store? A lot of it is really just making sure that you have um, got all the right certifications in place. And then it's a lot of legwork, just kind of turning up at stores, figuring out who's the buyer for the stores, and then convincing them to take your product. I mean, we're lucky in that our product is the, the actual product is good like it it speaks for itself it's a great product um it's it's often just about making sure your price point is right and um back a little bit to the certification one good thing that i'm seeing in ghana is that it's getting more straightforward to register a product um do the necessary analysis, get everything in place. It actually isn't as opaque and as difficult as it seemed four years ago, which is really great. Um, and you can, I feel like people new to, for example, the Food Drugs Association, people are ready to answer your questions. No. And even the website actually is good. <laughs> so that's been, that's been really good to see. But yeah, it's really just about making sure everything in place and then finding the relevant person at the stores and just going there. So you, you already mentioned a couple of advantages of uh, um, doing this business um, um, in Ghana rather than in, in London or here in Europe, um, which was the fact that, you know, it's a... It's, uh, it's a market where you have multiple um, uh, providers as well as consumers. So, so the market penetration is kind of um, tight over mm-hmm. here. But are there any other, um, let's say, advantages of starting a business um, in Ghana other than it may be new um, or fresh and that uh, entrepreneurs or people with ideas 
can also be like, all right, I think, you know, yeah, she, you know, she's making some good points there, which will kind of like make them think or move the uh, business idea that they have over here to, to, to Ghana or to Africa, um, in a sense. Uh, I mean, so from a business perspective, advantages of being here are that you are so close to source, um, which is also, I, I think, a good advantage from a like social and personal perspective too. So, you know, from the business perspective, you can have a really direct relationship with the farmers. Um, you can really know and understand where your fruit is coming from. You can understand the processing, everything like that, which is difficult when you live, you know, miles and miles and miles away. Um, and then from the more like social personal perspective, you know, like I said, for me, one of the things that drew me to working in Ghana was knowing that I could have this really direct, positive impact through job creation, through, you know, setting up a climate-friendly, climate-positive facility. Yeah. And a lot, it makes your work very rewarding. So you can have a business in Europe, in the States, wherever, and it'll be rewarding, hopefully. But there's a very particular way that it's rewarding here in Ghana, especially if you want to um, explore your relationship, explore and develop your relationship to this country. I think a lot of people are interested in knowing, like, okay, how to develop the community in and the communities we're from. And for me, being in country is one of those ways where it's like, this this is it, this is it. But at the same time, those people who can't necessarily pack up and come to or, or wherever you're from, you know, you don't have to feel bad, you'll feel guilty. There are other ways to continue to support the people on the ground. And I'm always plugging my business or any business and like, People are often asking us, how can we support you? How can we help you? And honestly, I'll speak for at least my own business, just buying the product makes a huge difference. That's the most direct way anybody can have an impact. Um, and if you, I mean, we actually do sell a little bit overseas now. If, you, if we can't send it to you overseas, maybe encourage somebody who's living here to buy, it really makes a big difference for us. And specifically, um, I've learned that uh, your staff, for instance, because you talked about, you know, impacting your community and in the, the direct impact you have on the on the mm -hmm. from the farmers is um, the advantage is you being so close to them, you can have that direct impact. And I've learned online that um, the people who work um, for via farms also live I think was it ten miles within the radius of the of the factory? Um, uh, maybe you can talk a bit a bit about that. Yeah. So everyone who works in our facility lives really close. So I would say um, so we hire fourteen people, and I think 
maybe seven live within walking distance of the city so we're really in the community um and the rest live maximum 30 minutes with public transport um so for us that's been really cool um because it's like yeah. we are making a good job of opportunity available to people who can't really accessible mm -hmm. which is yeah. which is good yeah, and it's also yeah. where a little bit the outskirts of Accra, where you tend to find a, a fewer opportunities. A lot of the opportunities are centered in the center of Accra. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's big. Yeah, I really love that. I really love that. It's uh, it's it's a whole. It all comes together. You know, it's it it makes sense. And also from uh, from where you're growing the fruit, the farmers that you have involved. I uh, I love it. I would encourage everybody to to look up um, uh, Ivaya Farms. And um, one thing I know your your company is not called Ivaya Farms. Rather, um, uh, it has a different name. Um, could you share a bit about that? And um, also, my question is: Can we look forward to uh, a, a wider product range, or are there any things on the come up that you you know you you are ready to share? Uh, uh, with us? So, um, well, our big news for this year was that we were transitioning to a new facility. So that's technically something that's happened, um, but it's still in the process because of COVID. We're bringing in a dehydrator from South Africa and that finally arrived. We now have to wait for the emissions to fly in from South Africa. Anyway, um, that was our exciting big news because it just means that we've been able to more than double our capacity. So we're really pushing now and we're hoping to, we're working with people, with distributors in the US. Um, we're talking to buyers in, in Germany and Europe. So we're hoping to be able to really launch our dried fruit uh, across, across the world. Um, starting from next year. Wonderful. Congratulations uh, on that. Um, Yvette, before we let you go, uh, we have a question from uh, one of our listeners on, on Facebook. Uh, Hansia Esuman, who uh, wants to know, uh, what criteria does you, do you use to employ people and how do they qualify to work for you? Okay, so we have a couple of different uh, jobs that we hire for. Mostly we hire for actual processing. And because a lot of that is, uh, we do the training for that. We're just looking for people who are willing to work hard because it's, you know, it's a lot of manual labor. People who are committed, um, People who are in the area, of course, is because we want to really make sure we're serving uh, the community we're in. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, mostly that. And then also, it, it's funny because, again, I'm hiring for positions that are relatively manual. But I always try and make sure that people understand that it's not just about cutting and peeling and drying. It's about serving a vision, their own vision, as much as our broader business vision. So yeah. I, I remember in some of my very first interviews with people who are now the managers, I said to them, you know, please 
think about what you want to do with your life, where you want to go, and see this as helping you get there. So it's not just about coming in and doing this basic job. It's about moving forward in your life. So, yeah. But then, you know, it's also just like, can you come to work on time? <laughs> <laughs> got it. Got it. Very important. Very important. I believe. Uh, I believe. So that is what, what also keeps the business uh, going. Um, well, we're almost uh, wrapping up our, our time with you so that we could let you go. Go back to your peaceful Sunday, non-digital, of course. Um, uh, looking at, you know, young people that are also looking to, you know, start something in agriculture. I've spoken to a few that, you know, uh, are, are even uh, ready to invest a bit of money in farmers. They have all kinds of ideas, especially when it comes to agriculture. What is your uh, encouragement or your, your, your idea for them so that, so that it could, could, you know, drive them along the way? Yeah, what's your, your word of motivation to other young people that also want to start? Uh, start off as you, you have anything in agriculture. Sure. Um, I would say that agriculture, agribusiness needs us. I think that there is a place for us, for people, uh, for young people, but not even, you don't have to be 20 years old. You can be 45 years old. But I think there's a place for people who have dynamism and who have passion and who have an idea. And so it sounds really corny, but I think it's really important that people know to believe in themselves um, and to just try, just just do it, just try and see what happens. Yeah. And yes, and then definitely start small and build. I love that. Start small and build. Um, and where can people find you online? For those of you that are keen to find out, where can they find out more about you or Ibaya Farms? So the best place to follow our story is on all your social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And we are at Ibaya Farm, no S. So Y-V-A-Y-A-F-A-R-M on all platforms. Great, great. Uh, well, thank you so much for uh, uh, having, um, having a bit of your time to talk to us about uh, uh, the growth of your business, you as an entrepreneur, uh, and uh, a bit about uh, agriculture. Um, what, what, any, any interesting plans for this week? <sighs> I'm trying because I'm actually want to think about this it. week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, when you're the CEO, um, you have to do everything. So, yeah, my finances, that's on the list for this week. Got it. Okay. I, I, I know the feeling. <laughs> I know the feel. Well, thank you so much, yeah. uh, Yvette, for uh, uh, being along with us on uh, on this interview. I know the connection uh, made it challenging, but we pushed through. Uh, thanks so much, and uh, congrats on uh, getting the, the new dryer. I saw the latest post on uh, on Instagram, and um, uh, all the best. I, I, love, I love to see more success. Always, always proud of you, and uh, keep keep going. Keep rising. 
Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time and uh, have, have a good rest of a Sunday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Africa on Focus. We air live every Sunday on High Radio from 7 p.m. Amsterdam time. Join the Africa on Focus platform on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Africa on Focus or visit www.africaonfocus.com. And follow me on all your social platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Miss Allah. Shout out to High Radio and Q Vibe for the jingle. <laughs>